Welcome to the Psych 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Luke D. Maxwell, and as always, I'm so happy to be here with you to talk to you about something that I've been seeing over and over and over and over and over again. It's, you know what it is? It's time to talk about those obsessive thoughts that are keeping you up at night. Now, I don't know about you, but when I suffered from clinical depression when I was a teenager, I couldn't sleep at night. And that symptom showed itself because the chemical imbalance that causes depression can alter your circadian rhythm, right? Which governs when you're tired and when you're not, depending on if it's night or day. But the other thing, the other reason I had a hard time sleeping was because of obsessive thoughts I have. And this is more of a characteristic of anxiety, but anxiety and depression overlap dramatically and that's why they usually coexist by meaning that you usually are co-diagnosed with each one usually because they're so common and they overlap so much the thing about obsessive thoughts at night is it's not fun right it's not fun at all it's not fun to just be stuck in this thinking pattern and just be thinking over and over and over again about oh i said this or oh i did this or this person said this what does that mean or should i have done that or should i have done this it's all my fault and i get it i was there but the thing is that i'm no longer there so by logic that means that you can overcome this because i did and as I say over and over again, if me, if me, if I can overcome something, trust me, you can. But the thing is that first of all, we have to really see what's going on here. The thing with obsessive thoughts, especially when it comes to anxiety, is that it's a result of this. And again, right, this can also cross over into OCD, right? The obsessiveness is what's so characteristic of OCD because it kind of has it in its name, obsessive compulsive disorder. But the thing with anxiety is that this is what we call a negative thought pattern. And this arises usually, and also people call it an autom automatic negative thought, um, which is an ant, right? Which people sort into two. And an ant shows itself when something, there's a certain situation, a certain time, right? Certain actions that trigger it, like always, right? So like for me, as I lay down in bed, turn off the lights, and what happens? I start thinking about my day. I start thinking about all the bad stuff I did. I started thinking about, oh, everything people did to me. I started thinking about how I was thinking, how I was acting, and just going over and over and over this. And it never stopped. And the thing is, that would keep me up at night and make me worried and make me stressed and make me more depressed. This is not fun, obviously. And what I didn't realize was, well, that is not me, and that's not normal. The thing to remember when you're dealing with anxious thoughts, when you're dealing with obsessions, when you're dealing with bad habits, is that it's not you. You're not the habit. You're not weak. The thing is that what we call the different parts of your brain, right, would be the reptilian brain, the mammalian brain, right, and then the prefrontal cortex, which is kind of like your human brain. Dividing those up, we'll see the reptilian brain is the oldest part of you, right, which comes from right if we if if evolution serves itself right it comes from reptiles right duh and of course mammals mammals and then right we developed humans right have the prefrontal cortex which is how we have our intelligence the thing is that this reptilian brain is very simple extremely simple and the problem is that it believes that bad habits bad thoughts because we do them often if it gives us a sort of pleasure any kind Right? Any kind of relief or any kind of pleasure, anything positive, 
then it will see it as necessary to survival. And so it'll prompt us to do it again and again and again and again. The thing is that it's not us being weak. It's part of our brain saying, you have to do this or you're going to die. That's what's happening here because it's stupid. It's a lizard. It doesn't know any better. So it's not that you're weak. It's not that you are this habit. You are these thoughts. It's that this habitual part of your brain thinks it's a necessary survival. Now the question becomes, well, when we're dealing with anxiety, why does this happen, right? Obviously it's not, it doesn't seem like it's fun. So why? And that's the thing is that even, honestly, I don't fully understand it. No one really fully understands this. The weird kind of pleasure we get when we're depressed, when we're anxious, and we want to stay that way. Because, and the best, the best thing I've come to, the best way of actually voicing this to somebody who's never experienced it, because if you experience a pressure and anxiety, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. This feeling of, I don't want to feel this way, but at the same time, I do, and I like it. It's the oddest thing, and for anyone listening, right, who, who hasn't, right, if you haven't actually experienced this, you'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, right, yeah, right. Find a friend, right? One in four, right? If you have four friends, you'll find somebody. Find a friend who's been suffering from depression, anxiety, any other, any mental illness. Ask them about it. See what their response is. So that's the thing is that the best way I can describe it is that describe this feeling, which ties back. Don't worry. We're getting back to it. We're setting the premise here. The best way I can describe it is you are know where you are and you know it's bad. Okay, so you're right here, right? You're right in the middle. The thing is that what you worry about is I can, if I change, if I try to do something, I could just get worse. To the depressed mind, being better is a really hard option to grasp because that doesn't enter in our reality. The reality of our being is that I need to stay this way because it will only get worse if anything changes. We have a very hard time believing that something can actually get better. Like knowledgeably, right? In our mind, right? We say like, okay, obviously I can know I can get better, but I don't feel that I can get better. And that's the important part is you're not going to change your feelings. What you're going to do is change your thoughts, which influence your actions, which will then influence your feelings. That is the model of recovery. So going back, so we set the premise, right? We understand, okay, this is why we have these obsessive behaviors, right? This is why those obsessive behaviors exist. Okay, that's why it's there. It's not you. Okay, now that that's clear, let's move on. What can we do about it? The best thing we can do about it is to stop the thoughts first. Because lying in bed, I get it. I know the feeling of being utterly anxious and depressed while lying in bed. I understand. I was there. And I also know the feeling and the state of being, of not wanting to do anything, of knowing I should get up and exercise, knowing I should maybe read a book or do something like to cut this, right? To stop, but just be unable to, not wanting to. But here's the thing is what I could have done during this time. And I wish, I wish desperately I knew about what I could have done during this time is to simply stop the thoughts. Now, it's simple, I didn't say it was easy. 
There's a big difference between simple and easy. The thing about these thoughts is that they're very circular. We'll take in a certain event. Let's say I talked to this person, right? I talked to my friend. I said this, it was stupid. Oh, why am I so stupid? Look what just happened. You took an event where you maybe said something that wasn't the coolest, swaggest thing in the world. That's okay. But then you transferred and said, why am I so stupid? Why am I an idiot? Why am I so uncool? You took an event where you, an action, you took an action that you did and you transformed it into yourself. That's the problem here, is that we personalize these actions. We, and we personalize these thoughts, is we make them, oh, that is me. It's not you. So first of all, in that specific context, with that specific example, in that example of being, I messed up, I can't believe it, or I said this, or this person said this, why am I, or why are they, right? Why are they so mean? Because they said something that maybe wasn't very nice. So in that specific example, you'll see, okay, this is what I do, is that when, what, stop the leap from being made. Stop the leap from being made from, I did this, or this person did this, to I am, they are. See the difference there, there's a big difference between that. That's the, so that's one situation. The other situation is just going over and replaying events in your mind. That's not healthy or productive. Because what's going to happen? Like, like, here's the thing. I get it. Like, remember, I understand what it's like, okay? But here's the thing. What I want to challenge you with is might work for you. Because everyone reacts to things differently, right? So maybe this would work for you and really help you picture this. Is what's going to happen no, like what is going to happen? In your mind, when you start that process of behavior, right? I want you to question yourself, what is this going to do? What is it going to do? Is it going to make the situation better? Is it gonna make me feel better about myself? Is it going to make my life better? Or is it gonna do it all worse? Because guess what? Just gonna make everything worse. Now there's, it's one thing, it's one thing to replay in a situation and say, what could I have done differently? Okay, I could have done that differently. Oh, I did this well. Okay, I'm going to keep on doing this. I'm going to try not to do that. That's one thing. That's a healthy way of looking back. But, <laughs> but I know, and I wish I could say I did this, but I didn't. I wish I could say that my interactions, my thoughts are just really healthy and all of that. They weren't. And I wish they were, but they weren't. So that's the thing is that maybe that will help you with that mindset. It's like, okay, stop thinking. What is this going to do? What actions? Because it affects you and affects the world. Every thought, every action, every feeling affects you and others, no matter what. Even if you're affecting others through you because you've had any thoughts. So what's going to happen? That could be something that stops the thought. And you see here what I'm doing here is I'm stopping the cycle. I'm stopping the circle of deadly thoughts. So you have to cut the thoughts because here's what happens is that you're going around and around and around in circles, around and around and around. And you keep on going around and just gets worse. You just get worse and get deeper in. You get more sad and more miserable, more stressed and more anxious. You have to stop that. Now, a great way, the best way to stop this, and you know what I'm going to say, if you've been following me for any amount of time, you know what I'm gonna say, exercise. 
exercise. Not only does that release endorphins, which makes you feel good, they're feel-good chemicals, they actually, I mean, they're more like numbing chemicals, dopamine is more like a feel-good chemical, that's a science class for later, but it actually releases chemicals, which will help you feel good better, and it stops you, it gets you out of that mindset, go for a run, go work out, do jumping jacks, do some push-ups, I don't care what you do, just do something that will get you out of the mindset, and also, it improves your self-worth because you went out and exercised. Nice job. Congratulations to you. Kudos to you. You did something. You're awesome. See that? See that? That's an amazing way to cut that. To cut those emotions. Another way is just to be around people. I know that... When, especially when I was depressed and certain points of my life, I made a point to be if I'm feeling depressed, anxious, you know, if I'm having those thoughts, I'm just going to be around people because I can relax. I can, you know, it just, just hang out. And of course, I know I'm not going to be like, just like total chill just because we're around people, but I can get my mind off of it. I just get my mind off of it. And of course, if you're dealing with social anxiety, maybe that's not the best thing in the world for you, but that's okay. Read a book. I even watch, like, even I'm saying, so what I'm saying right now, please understand. Like, understand this, what I'm saying. Don't take it out of context. You can even cope in a non-destructive way. Here's what I mean by that. The most important thing, you need to focus on the most important thing. The most important thing for you, it might be, it might be, to stop those negative thoughts because they're destroying your life. Now, if you're addicted to drugs and you're in danger of overdosing, the destructive thoughts aren't the most dangerous thing in the world right now. I'm not telling you to do drugs. Don't do that. that don't, don't do that. That's not cool. What I'm saying is maybe watch YouTube. Maybe eat. Maybe, I don't know, right? Play some video games if you're into that. Something that's non-destructive, right? I'm not telling you to drink. I'm not telling you to do drugs. I'm not telling you to hurt yourself. Don't do that. What I'm saying is that there are ways that aren't really that bad for you to cope. That in the future, you don't want to do. In the future, you want to overcome them. But right now, the most important part is to end the destruction of your life. That's what's most important. So take that and never, and I would, I would always, 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 if you're going to do something like this, if you're going to cope, do it with talking to your parents, talk to a doctor, because something may be very destructive for you. And something to bring up with your therapist, right? With a doctor, with your parents to talk about and say, what's a way that I can cope that's not too destructive, but at the same time, it helps me relieve, right? It helps me with a short-term relief. Because the goal here is to, is to stop that cycle from happening. Because over time, what will happen is that you stop the cycle, stop the cycle, stop the cycle, stop the cycle. And then that cycle will diminish and it will go away. That's the goal here. And of course, going to therapy, taking medication, exercise, diet, sleep, that's all going to help. It's all going to help. All my typical stuff that I say, it's going to help, of course, with this. But that's the thing. So when you are, when you're having those obsessive thoughts, especially if you're lying in bed, unable to go to sleep, because it's harming your sleep, which in turn will hurt you tomorrow, especially if you're in that situation, I want you to cut that noise. Something I'll actually do when 
I'm just feeling stressed, or maybe I'm just not, you know, perfect. I mean, I, I'm, of course, I'm not perfect, but you know, times when I just need something, right? Especially when I go to bed and I have thoughts, right? Nothing too bad, nothing too worrisome, but you know, I have, you know, just like non healthy thoughts. I'll listen to music, and I have a playlist of really just beautiful music that I can just <sighs> breathe to. You just breathe to. And it's nice. And it's really nice, actually. It's actually pretty awesome. And that's what, you know, helps me go to sleep. It helps me just take my mind off and relax. And so maybe that's something, too. So stop the negative thoughts. Don't personalize the behavior. It's not you. It's a virus that's been in, that's infecting your system. Right? It's not you. You are not weak. You are not the bad habits. You are not the bad thoughts. You are not the actions that you do. That's not you. That's not who you are. So don't act like it. And so stop that leap from I did to I am or they did to they are. Stop the obsessive thoughts by exercising, right? By coping in a, a healthy way, a healthy way of coping, something to stop those thoughts. Change your thoughts first. Don't try to change your feelings. Change your thoughts first. Don't try to change your actions. Of course, of course, if you find it easy to say like, okay, I'm going to go exercise, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do, I find it easy to change my actions, do it! That's great! <laughs> Just do it! But changing your feelings is not easy. It will never be easy for you. You can't just switch on and switch off. So that's the thing with this, with your feelings, when your feelings come into play, don't try to just change your feelings. Don't try to just feel better or feel happy because it won't work. Change your thoughts. And by changing your thoughts, you can change your actions. And by changing your actions, you can change your feelings. If you struggle with this, please let me know. I'm here for you. And this is actually something I've been thinking about a lot in creating something to help you with your obsessive thoughts, to help you when you're lying awake in bed and you're not able to go to sleep because of this. I'm really interested in how I can help you with this. Please let me know. Send me an email. Just reach out to me on social. You know where I am. Thank you for listening to the Psych 101 podcast. I will be back and I have awesome interviews coming up. I have some cool topics that I am excited to talk about. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day. I don't know why I just did that great. Um, it just came out and we're going to leave it in because why edit? <laughs> Being ashamed, staying ashamed. <laughs> <laughs>